0: If you have your Bibles with you this morning, and we encourage you to open your Bible to Isaiah chapter 5. And we're here to bless the name of the Lord. You may be like Paul and Silas, who were in prison because they loved the Lord. And so the first thing they went to doing was praising his name. I don't know where you're at this morning in your life and your Christian walk with the Lord. But the key to our Christian walk is we keep things focused. What's the most important thing in our life? I'm going to share with you some word here in a minute, and it's Isaiah chapter 5, first six verses. You got a gift from God. It's called life. And God says, I'm on a, I am made you and you're wonderfully made. I didn't make you by accident. I have something special for you to do. Your life does have meaning. There is hope. And I pray that you've discovered what God has for your life. Too many times what we do is we start off strong in the Lord and, and uh, everything starts to happen and uh, the devil's not going to leave you alone if you're a saved child of God. And so you get into the midnight hour and you want to throw up your hands and you want to quit and you say, God, why is all this happening to me? Why can't I be like everybody else? Why can't I discover your greatness and your holiness and your glory in my life? You see, that's what fulfills us. The presence of a living Savior in our life. Not too long Easter's going to be here. All the other religions in the world will look up to an idol that some man's made and pray to it, but you and I are going to get to every day To bring honor and bless the name of a risen Savior. And He's not dead. And so Isaiah writes, and this is really God speaking, but Isaiah He writes through Isaiah. It says, Now will I sing to my well beloved. This is God singing to you and I as a saved child of God. Touching his vineyard, my well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. And he fenced it and gathered not the, out the stones thereof and planted in with it with the choicest vine, and built a tower in the midst of it, and also made a wine press therein. And he looked that it should bring forth grapes and it brought forth wild grapes. And now, O heavens to Jerusalem and men of Judea, judge I, I pray you, betwixt me and my vineyard. What could I have done more to my vineyard that I have not done to it? Wherefore, when I looked, at, looked that it should bring forth grapes, it brought forth wild grapes. And now goes to, I tell you, what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the heads thereof and it shall be eaten up and break down. The walls will be thereof and it shall be trodden down. And I will lay it waste and it shall not be pruned or digged but there shall come up briars and thorns. I also commanded the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel. And the men of Judea, his pleasant vine, plant. And he looked for a judgment, but behold, oppression from righteousness, but behold, a cry. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. And we praise you, Lord, for this opportunity that you've given us. Help us, Lord, as we share your word. We pray, Lord, that your spirit will stir the hearts. Now the decision needs to be made in the services of the day. And I've, I've felt that, and I've felt it all week. We pray, Lord, that you'll touch lives, and they'll experience you in a more powerful, pleasant, exciting way. For we ask in your precious name, Amen. I've entitled a my message: What more could I have done? And what I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to go back to the basics. And sometimes we need to do that. We need to reflect on those things that got us to where we're at as God's people. God, you and I are the plant that God planted. We're the vineyard, each and every one of us. And in that vineyard, God wanted us to discover Him in a more personal and special way. And we started out, and that's what we were doing, and things were going good. God wanted us to, be, to experience Him through obedience, through thanksgiving, through love, through worship and service. And for some reason, we got sidetracked. And the, our closeness with God is not what it used to be. I pray in this service today that everybody's saved. I pray in this service today that you've made a commitment to Christ, that you're going to give uh, Him your life. Because He's got some things that He wants you to experience in this lifetime. People say, oh, I'm so excited when I get to heaven. And I want everybody to understand I'm excited too. But you know what? I'm living here right now. And this God who made me wants me to discover and learn and experience a specialness with Him that is simply, as old saying is, out of this world. And we try to keep it in a a little compact deal. Listen, God has put in our lives the most precious gift there is. And that gift is salvation. In other words, God gave us a hope. In the Bible, hope is an expectation. In other words, the promise of God of salvation is so personal to you and I that we're expecting God to do everything that He says in His Word. And God said, look, I want to do that. I planted you. I've done everything that I can do to get you to the point where you can discover me in, in a special, more dynamic way as a child of God. And so the, the, the first basic is, you, if I'm lost, I'll put it to you bluntly, I have to be saved. Because without salvation, there is no hope. God God wants you to take this special gift, and I pray everybody in this church house this morning is saved. But if you're not, this is your service today. This is your time to come to God. This is your time to lay aside all the excuses that you've made. It is time, Paul said, today is the day of salvation. The time that the Holy Spirit convicts us. If you don't accept Christ as your personal Savior, you're walking through life. And everybody's walking through life. We're on a road somewhere. A child of God is on a road to heaven. He can see it in his spiritual eyes. He can feel it in his his, his heart that heaven is there. But a person who does not know Christ is on another highway. And that other, other highway is wide. And there's so many people down that highway that they just keep pushing you along. Oh, it's better to live by the world. You don't need to give yourself to Christ. There's no hope. The gospel is a lie, And they keep pushing you on and pushing you on. Listen to me this morning. If you're in this service and you're lost, you'll climb over the the Son of God who died on the old rugged cross for you. You'll have to climb over Him to get into hell because God has put up the first barrier. You'll have to climb over the Holy Spirit of God that speaks to each and every one of our hearts. If you're lost today, God's Spirit is convicting you and you'll climb over the Son of God, then you'll have to climb over the Holy Spirit. And then God gave us His precious Word, where we can know what we can experience salvation. We can learn about Him. If you, and you're headed towards the end of the cliff, now listen: the road to hell is a dead end road, Amen. and it leads to a cliff. And you'll have to climb over the Son of God, the Holy Spirit, and you'll have to climb over God's Word. The next one you have to climb over is the pastors that you have. We pray day and night that everybody that comes into this church knows Christ as their personal Savior. Because life starts then, and only then does it start. And you'll have to climb over us. And i tell you what, me and Brother George are getting a little hefty. You're going to have to do some climbing for long. You'll have to climb over your mother, your father, your wife, or your husband. Somebody that loves you. That knows all of your ins and outs. That knows all the warts you have. You'll have to climb over them to, to get to hell. In other words, God says, I love you so much. And people say, well... He sent Jesus, yeah, but He sent more than Jesus, folks. When you stand before the living God and say, I turned down every avenue that you gave me, but I was so excited about the world, I just had to keep going with it. Now, God's grace is special, it's special. If you come to the point, you get to the end of the road, and you step off the cliff into a living hell, not a dead hell, folks, a living hell, when you do that, you made a decision, I don't want the grace of God. And there's no more choices. The choices are over. And that's what we need to understand about about Christ. The second thing He gives us that I call a basic is the Holy Spirit. The Bible says be filled with the Spirit. And somebody might say well brother Doug I got filled when I got saved. Praise the Lord, you got filled when you got saved. But folks, let me share something with you. That's an everyday experience. That is getting up and saying, God, it's wonderful to be alive today. And I want to experience your Holy Spirit in my power. The word filled me to keep on being filled. And that's the choice that I have that I get to make every day. And God says, i got something for you to do. I planted you in the the garden. I want you to grow. I don't want you to be that old sour grape uh, uh, that ain't any good. I want you to experience the power of me in your life. And the way we experience that is we refresh every day with the Spirit of God who lets us stand up and declare who we are. And we can't make it without the Spirit of God. Now listen to me now. I want you to get this. I don't know what religion you are this denomination you are, you may be bitten or something. I don't know. It don't matter to me. But a child, a person has to be saved by the Holy Spirit. He needs to be kicked, convicted by the Holy Spirit, and he needs a power of the Holy Spirit in his life. And if that, is, and some of these uh, churches don't believe that, they're dead dry, and they don't, they don't experience nothing. Amen. And I'm not ashamed to tell the world that I need the Spirit of God. To have that, I need to get rid of myself and the things that I think are so precious in this world. There's nothing that is more precious than the Savior who died for us, yet when I was still a sinner. He didn't wait till I got good. You may be sitting in this church house this morning and say, The Holy Spirit's convicting me, Brother Doug, but I want to get everything right. I'm going to share something with you. You ain't never going to get everything right until you make a commitment to Him. And when you make a commitment to Him, then the Holy Spirit comes in your life and you become a new person. That instant! Have you been filled with the Spirit lately? He's there to guide us. Oh, I'm walking this highway, but I'm not walking it by myself. Boy, I love what God does. You see, I, I'm that plant and He planted and He wants me to be able to experience everything. And He said, Brother Doug, I'm just not going to save you. My Holy Spirit's going to walk with you. Now let me share something with you about the Holy Spirit. And I've said this probably a hundred times. The Holy Spirit in the first uh, chapter of Genesis it said, and the Spirit, the earth was without form and void and the Spirit of God moved across the face of the earth and the earth became earth. Let me share something. You and I who are the children of God, when we got saved, that whole Spirit, I was without form, I was without void, and He moved across my life, and I became a special child of living God. And He wants me to experience Him yes. every day. He's here to assure you. Now we get some, we get some good stuff. The Holy Spirit is. You know the reason I'm going to heaven? Not because uh, Brother Olden Greenwood, who was my pastor when I was saved, told me I was saved and I'd go to heaven. Not my Sunday school teacher who first taught me about God's Word in my life. Not her. It don't matter what the world says. It don't matter what the world thinks. I know where I'm going. You know why? Because God Himself, the Spirit of God, uh, comes to my life and tells me, You're my child and heaven belongs to you. And you can have a little bit of heaven here if you'll just fertilize that plant a little bit. Amen. If he ceased to work in most churches today they wouldn't know the difference. But now I have a prayer every morning. You're not devotional together. Lord help our church. Keep what's important. And what we need, and all churches need, is a Spirit of the living God working in our church. Amen. The next thing that I think is a uh, a basic is the Word of God you're holding in your hand. Let me share something with you. That's a primary way God speaks to you and I. You see, a weak Christian never opens His Word. Never has a Bible study. Never prays over His Word. Never sheds tears over His Word as He's reading. The Word, the Bible is from the mouth of God. God spoke it. And He said, Brother Doug, for you to succeed and your garden to grow and your grapes to grow, I'll give you the Word of God. And it tells everything about me. It explains who I am. You can get to know me, Brother Doug. You can experience my love and my grace. Open up the Word. Sit and meditate with me a little bit. Let me speak to your life. There is no relationship if there is no communication. And so, if I'm not if I'm not in God's Word, you say, but Doug. That's what all them preachers say. How do I do that? Find you a, a, a Bible has got a concordance. Look up the word love. Look at every place in the Bible that it talks about love. In other words, I need a progressive study of God's Word to help me grow. It is sad to, for people who are Baptists to be in Baptist churches for 60 and 70 years and never experience a Word of God growing in their life. because, And, and if it doesn't do that, I'll never be the child that God intended for me to be. Never be. What we should feed on and put in our mind. We got televisions and everything. We're putting something in our mind. Cell phones, everything. We're putting something in our mind every day. And the most important day, the most important thing that we got, we're lax with it. Well... Now, I know where my Bible is at home. I'll just lay it up there. I'll get to it when I get to it. But though you don't understand. those. Uh, i got a lot of important things going on. I'm going to share something with you. Those important things won't get done till you get in that Word. You'll never experience God's power till you and I get in that Word. We'll never be who God wanted us to be if we don't get in that Word. You and I need the experience of God in our life and we need Him to reveal Himself to us and the way He does it through the gift of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. We are to live out the reflection of the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. The next basic is prayer. People say, I can't pray. We missed the point. The power in prayer is not in me. The power in prayer is not what I say because you see God knows my heart anyway. The power is not in what I do or the fine words that I, that, I, that I pray. We go through life and we want to get this we want before I die I want to get down this prayer. Everybody's heard it 50 or 60 times, but I got it right down. I know how to say all those special words when I pray. Listen to me. Jesus said, suffer the little children to come under me, unto me. You know why he said that? Because you and I need to be like the little child who gets down on his knees and doesn't have all the great words to say. When you and I realize the power is not in us, the power is in the one we're praying to. And when I discover that in my life, then my life is going to start to change. Where are you at in your prayer life this morning? when's the last time you talk to God you know sometimes we don't need to don't need to really ask for nothing we just need to sit down in his presence open his word study his word a little bit close the bible lay back close our eyes and I don't go to sleep close our eyes and, and talk to him nobody nobody listening but us and say, God, I know what I know. You know what I'm going through. I know, God, that you have the answer, and I know, God, that you reveal that answer to me one day. But God, give me the power and the presence and and the prayer life to realize that whatever folks get this, whatever happens in our lives, whatever it is. The one thing that I can count on is God loves me. Amen. And I need to tell him God I love you. Amen. You say that prayer and things start to change in your life. The last one is my church home. I may step on some toes before I get through this sermon today, that's okay. I'm a big boy. Christianity has fallen into the hands of a church that does not half believe their own gospel. You want me to say that again? Because we got we got churches today that are letting things in their churches that are contrary to the Word of God. Because it's convenient for the world. Because we need to be a, a church of tolerance. Let me share something with you about the the... Uh, the Disciples. When Peter got up to preach, and three thousand people were saved, the church was not tolerant of the world. Jesus Christ was not tolerant of the world. He loved people, but he wasn't tolerant of the world. And through the ages, our churches have come to where, when we've got everything we need to succeed, and we don't believe half of what we got. And because of that, people don't come down the aisles and accept Christ. And because of that, our altars are not used anymore. And because of that, they don't believe in uh, anointing with oil. And I could go on and on and on about the things the Bible teaches. Listen to me. The church is my home where I grow up to be a child of God, to conform to the image of Jesus Christ. And I need to take that Bible and I need to apply it to myself. In my church, a preacher talked one time about, he called him the church tramp. The man had already belonged to three denominations. He joined his church and he was there a while. He come up to the preacher one day and he said, I'm ready to make another move. And the preacher told him, said, I guess it does no harm to change the labels on an empty bottle. today a lot of times our churches are empty bottles you don't experience the joy of being a part of it the the, the the touch of being a part of it people don't they don't pray like they everything is going downhill I'm going to share something with you me and brother George make a commitment to you we're going to lead this church in a way that it glorifies God and what God asks His people to do. <laughs> James Campbell, a preacher and author, wrote, and he loved dogs. He had a bunch of hunting dogs. But he had uh, <clears throat> a dog that he watched go around the community. It was a stray dog. And he kind of compares this stray dog to church members. He said, number one, he wore no collar. In other words, he didn't have to make a commitment. He was unattached. He didn't belong to anyone. Number two, he said, "He's he takes no responsibility. He goes around, around the neighborhood and he'll wag his tail at anybody. He'll bark at anybody's house. Number three, he's broad, broad-minded. He makes up with everybody. Gets in no fights. To him, nothing is worth fighting for. And sometimes we as God's people who are members of a church, we got to the point we don't we believe there's nothing worth fighting for. I can't change because they don't have prayer in school. I can pray. I, can, I can't I can change what uh, taking uh, uh, worshiping God out of school in my day. And it's just, I granted it has been a while ago. We started out with a devotional and prayer time to hold school before school started. Everybody. And guess what? It was mandatory. I can't change those things. But I have a God who can change those things and I need to put myself in a position that, I, that I'm growing as a child of God in the vineyard that God has given me and I need to stand up for what God's Word says and sometimes we got to stand up and fight for it and it's time for God's people in God's house to stand up and say enough is enough! Amen. I'm going to worship my God. Luke twelve forty eight. Jesus said, "To much, to whom much is given, much is expected." That's not fair, is it? Yes, it is. We live in an age where we have everything. We ought to be having to build build onto this church twice a year. We have everything we need to succeed. God's has planted us. Planted us in a vineyard, you and I are the vines. He's 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 fertilized us. He's grown us. He's given us salvation. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us His Word. He's given us prayer, and He's given us a church family. The basics, and sometimes we can't even keep up with Him. God says, if, if your life is turned upside down, I heard somebody say not long ago that you can, uh, once you're saved by grace, you don't have to worry about the Lord uh, uh, hurting you or disciplining you. It don't work that way. It don't work that way. If I'm a child of God and He's given me all of these things and He's planted me where I'll grow and I start to. Uh, go the other way he's going to discipline me and that's the reason some Christians and including brother Doug because I've experienced all this in my life too and probably will experience some more of it the reason we get in trouble is we forget what we're supposed to do, where we're planted at, and God's given us everything, and we need to, we need to step up, and we need to say, okay, God, I know you disciplined me because you love me. I made a mistake, and I'm gonna change it, God, and I'm gonna to come to your altar, and I'm gonna tell you, God, I, I want your forgiveness, and I need to come to God's altar, and I need to tell him where it is, but when I get ready to, uh, get up, from that altar, I need to leave it right there, and I need to get up and go to work for God because I'm somebody special, and God has had something special for me to do. There. There. Where are you at today? Out of the bountiful provisions of our lives. God looks at us and says, what more could I do? What more could I do? And my prayer today is that you're at the place that God wants you at. And that you're you're a plant that is thriving. And you're growing. And you're walking with the Lord. If you'll stand with us, please. Here's what I want us to do this morning. And I want you to bear with me because the clock, if you look at it, I'm going to let you out about an hour early. <laughs> Brother George, Brother George been doing that since we changed the time. Y'all just ain't figured it out yet. We ain't set the clock up. Here's what I want to do. And I want you to bow your heads with me real quick. Brother Tim's going to sing a special... Uh, this, you No, anything you want to do, Brother Tim. He's going to, They're going to lead us in a, in a special... We're going to let the Lord have His way, okay? I want you to bow your heads. If you're in this service today and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, God is calling you through the Spirit of God. He's convicting you to come to Him. Now, when you come up here, you don't—you're not just me and Brother George ain't gonna save you. God's the one that does the saving. We're gonna pray with you. We're gonna love you. We want you to succeed. Don't leave this church house this morning not knowing Christ as your personal Savior. For the last two weeks. There's been some heaviness in our church with the deaths of uh, Brother Lee and Mr. Mitch and uh, Christy's uh, grandmother and uh, yeah, grandfather. Those who've been in the hospital, we've been running here and there. I want, you, I want us as a church to come to this altar this morning and say, God, we may not understand But this is an opportunity for this church to even grow more. Will you come this morning? Maybe there's somebody personal that you want to pray for. Miss Faye's in the hospital. She finally gained back nine pounds. Maybe somebody else. Somebody that's been sick. Will you come today? Will you just give it to the Lord today? As we sing, we come.